Hi, this is Georgina Terry. Welcome to another episode of Tea Chatter. Uh, today, I'm pleased to talk once again with Ian Jackson from Breath Play. Uh, Ian, as you probably know from some of our other podcasts, has some outside-of-the-box ideas about breathing. Namely, breathing is not sucking in. Breathing is pushing out. And if you listen to the last podcast, you picked up on some good tips. So we're back today, Ian, and we're going to talk about a really neat technique you have. I'll call it the dish towel technique, and I'll let you tell me what the French term is for it, which is a little bit more exciting. Okay. Okay. Um, in French, it's coup de torsion, which literally means, well, not literally. It, it literally means blow off the dish towel. <laughs> But it's like in French you have coup de fil, which is telephone call. So coup is a very uh, general usage word. It can, you can use it metaphorically. So when I say coup de torsion, what, I'm, what I mean is the dish towel technique or the power of the dish towel. You know, there are several ways that you might want to loosely interpret it. But I just like the sound of it. It's, it's kind of... It sounds better than the dish towel technique. <laughs> coup de torsion. That's, that's such a cool term. At least I, I like it, and, and my French friends all just uh, um, grin back at me when I use it. <laughs> so what I found from playing with this, I'm going to let you explain what it is, um, the dish towel is taking the place of the crank arms in a weird sort of way. Crank arms are, are very fixed things. A dish towel kind of is not. Explain to me how a dish towel can help me pedal more efficiently. Okay, now let me go back to probably the original teaching moment where the name kind of came into being. Um, in early 2005, the year that Lance won his seventh tour, um, I was in France. I was traveling around. I was lecturing, um, coaching primarily elite ultracyclists. And one of these ultracyclists, uh, lives in a little village high in the Pyrenees. I stayed with him for a while. His name is Alain Miramont. He's the town dentist, and he's a very talented ultracyclist. And I remember being in his kitchen, and I want to paint the picture because his house is gorgeous. Um, lots of glass, so you see the outside. So you look outside his kitchen window, you're surrounded by snow-covered peaks. It is just Awesome to wow. be there. So in that situation, we were in his kitchen, and I said, uh, Alain, j'ai quelque chose que je veux te montrer. I want to show you something, Alain. And uh, I grabbed one of his dish towels, and I pulled it horizontally tight, about eye level. I put one hand up, the other hand down, so it's now vertically tight. And I began turning my hands as if they were feet in pedals, holding the dish towel tight throughout the pedal circle. Then, of course, I gave him the dish towel. So the center of the dish towel is like the bottom bracket where the exactly. crank arm connects. That's where the crank arm, the, the crank axle is, rather. So when I gave it to Alan, I, I asked him to notice that in order to keep the dish towel tight and to keep that imaginary a crank axle kind of fixed in space, he had to be pulling equally and oppositely every single one of the 360 degrees. Right. Now, I, I know there's, I've looked, I've Googled it, I've spent a lot of time studying what other people say. There is a wealth 
of wonderful material on pedaling. But it's all based on what I would call centripetal pedaling. And that is pedaling in which the primary force vector is down towards the crank axle. Right. Or or also up towards the crank axle. Um, the um, sophisticated pedalers use the, the fixed pedal to lift strongly as well as to push down strongly. But But all these techniques are basically centripetal. In other words, the force is directed towards the crank axle. The yes, they're, they're also very segmented, Ian. You know, you tend to think of the crank as being in different quadrants, and you do something right. different in each quadrant. It's not a real fluid kind of conception, mentally, anyway. Well, I I find it that 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 um, to me, you know, the Rube Goldberg cartoons, sure, where you have these amazing complex sequences sequences of events that that achieve some usually insignificant goal but 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 it's it's it's, it's funny that that i think that, that many attempts to make sense of pedaling perfect circles when they're based on the centripetal assumption and that is the assumption that the primary force vector is towards the crank axle you get kind of rube goldberg devices you you get um unsatisfying to me at least unsatisfying levels of coordination between the legs but anyway it seems to me that 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 it's very difficult to come up with a satisfactory and 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 ideal coordination of left and right legs if you're working on the assumption that it's the force should be directed primarily towards the crank axle pushing down lifting up whatever I think that with the coup de torchon idea, um, it's it's not easy to master. It doesn't happen right away because clearly you you're using the muscles in a completely unfamiliar way when you begin to use this technique. But uh, it at least opens the doorway, it opens the pathway to achieving that that goal that we all want, which is perfect pedal circles, which are at a level of ultimate efficiency, mm-hmm. and that's that's how I would describe the uh, the benefits of learning this technique. One of the things that I have here on the website, if people are listening on the website or through a podcast in the notes, is a link to a very nice YouTube video that you have up that will let people see visually what you mean by stretching this dish towel, holding it taut, and moving it through the 360 degrees. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm not super satisfied with with that video yet. I think I need to to have a to, to show me turning the cranks in a brief video rather than with uh, still still photos. I just think that um, at least that's what, that's what my French friends are telling me. Either That'll or... help. But you know, one <laughs> of the things you said to me when I was was playing with this was. Before you do it on the bike, or if you have to do it on the bike, start with your feet in in different positions and feel them pulling the dish towel taut so that you begin to learn the neuromuscular skills and and this different feeling as you rotate through the pedal circle, which I think would be very helpful. Because it's hard to just start doing it right away. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, It's so 
it's so totally out of the box. It's, mm-hmm. it's so totally different. I was, I was, as a matter of fact, thinking I can remember the exact moment when I had this light bulb and I thought, literally, I went through this thought process. Uh, I thought, what if, because of because of years of doing breath play, I was so attuned to the idea of constant exploration. I'm always playing with, tinkering with things. Um, a, a good example would be um, my my wife. I don't have any kids of my own, but I'm married into a family of three. <laughs> and, and my my wife is a fabulous mother. Um, she had a son who was a compulsive fidgeter. He, you know, he couldn't stop fidgeting and just moving around. And so what she did was to buy him a drum set. <laughs> so his fidgeting That could... was daring. <laughs> anyway, he's right now, he's 28 years old. He's got this incredibly successful band. He's a superb drummer. So he was given, um, through the drum set, a way of focusing and developing a, a, an art with his fidgety energy. So, so in a sense, with, with, with breath play, it's like giving a fidgety mind a drum set. <laughs> Tell me, you know, there, there's another piece to this puzzle. I mean, it's not just what you're doing with your legs, but there's a breathing component going on at the same time, is there not? You're right, exactly. The, um, again, I, I think when you really know something well, you can articulate it with clarity and simplicity. Uh, to me, the magic of the of the breath play skill set or the breath play paradigm is that it gives you a kind of on-off switch. Uh, by that, I mean to say that as you're breathing out, you're doing something. As you're breathing in, you're letting go of the doing. Now, of course, a central a central skill in, in, in the breath play skill set is the upside-down breath, or another way of describing it is the active out-breath. Instead of sucking in and letting out, you learn with the breath play skill set to push the air out and let it in. So here's the on and off. As you're breathing out, you're pulling your belly back towards your spine, or um, if you want to locate the bike top tube as part of this image, you're pulling the belly back up and away from the top tube of the bike on the out breath. Then on the in breath, you simply relax and release. The belly drops. The abdominal contents drop down towards the pelvic floor. Air is quickly and efficiently pushed into the lungs from outside because of air pressure differential. Right. So um, when it comes to the uh, the coup de torsion or uh, the central centrifugal pedaling skill, you use the out-breath to stretch the cranks. And then on the in-breath, you kind of release the stretch. You don't release it completely. Um, that's the, the kind of fine polish. That's the finesse of the skill, to stretch the cranks through the out-breath pedal strokes to release the stretch, but not release it too much. You still want enough of a stretch to engage left and right legs in equal and opposite action. Yes, because with the dish towel technique, you're really 
on kind of all the time. You're never exactly. off. <laughs> There's never a moment in the pedal circle when you are not on. That's that, and 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 that you're talking about in this way tells me that um, you really uh, engaged in this exploration. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, because I was that, trying to figure out. Say, should I be using something like a three-two breathing pattern? What does the breathing pattern become, and how does it fit in with the rotation of my legs? Right, a three-two. You would have um, three pedal strokes where you've got that strong pull, and then two pedal strokes where the pull is somewhat released. And can you play around with other? Uh, uh, types of breathing i mean not only three two you could get into some other maybe we should explain for people who haven't heard the first podcast that that the three really is is uh an out breath of of a three count followed by in breath of two right okay let me go over that because again um it's it's a very fundamental part of the, of this of this skill to understand how to use um footsteps or pedal strokes to organize and integrate your breathing and your movement. Mm -hmm. Um, I always recommend to people, don't worry about getting this together when you first get on the bike. Uh, Play with it first walking. The beauty of walking is it's casual, it's relaxed, you can set your own pace, and simply use your footsteps to meter out the breath patterns. For instance, a three-two would be one, two, three steps out, four, five in. One, two, three out, four, five in. And um, I recommend that people play with or they develop um, what I call a breathing gearbox. Oh, that's, that's a good analogy. <laughs> yes, yeah, like in a car. If you try to to drive your car in top gear all the time, you're going to be lugging it. It's going to be very hard on your engine. You have a gearbox so that you can keep the engine at high power revs constantly. You don't want it to be to be worked overly. For instance, climbing a hill, you definitely gear down. Same with breath play. If you're riding with, for instance, a six out, three in on the flat, you begin to come up a gentle upslope. You might drop down after a little while to... Four out, three in, instead of six out, three in. Then it gets perhaps a little steeper. You drop down to three out, two in. Then it gets steeper still. And you're beginning to wonder, maybe I should stand on the pedals. (laughs) Or by the side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) One or the the other. But but you see what I'm saying? It's just like you, um, no matter what the work rate, instead of doing what many riders do, breathing is just, Sucking as needed. Right. In fact, when I was at the Olympic Training Center, and uh, I was introduced to the riders by Eddie Borsevich, the uh, head coach at the time, and Eddie really didn't know a lot about what I taught. Uh, John Howard had just highly recommended me. He said, you've got to get Ian Jackson in front of the riders. So I got this introduction, which was not highly informative and not um, uh, tremendously a tremendously strong endorsement. It was just kind of, well, Ian Jackson's got some interesting ideas about breathing, and we'd like him to work with you. And this this guy, kind of um, young, arrogant, really cool, you know, we got to be really good friends, but his initial response was, he said out loud, 
the very first response, kind of, hey, man, you know, I don't know what you're doing here. There's nothing complicated about riding a bike. You just suck air and mash the pedals. <laughs> you know, that was his attitude, and that yeah. was the attitude of a lot of the guys. And a lot of the really strong athletes, they are so well, they're so blessed in a sense genetically. They had the right parents. They've got these incredibly powerful heart-lung systems and strong bones, strong muscles. I'm not like that. I'm, I, I've had to work. I'm kind of a modestly talented would be a good way of describing me as an athlete. So I really have had to study how do I get some decent performance out of this modestly talented body. And so anyway, I, this was, the guy that I was talking to, the, very, the great skeptic, was much more talented than I am. And I knew about his rides and, and his races, and I knew he was, he was, he was very strong. So I, I asked him about all that. I wanted to give him a chance to, to talk proudly about his achievements. And so I drew him out, and I drew him out, and he was very, very pleased to be able to kind of tell the story of this race and that race and how he won it on, on, on his strength and power and all this stuff. So at a certain point, I said to him in a kind of amazed um, what's the good word for it? Um, baffled, curious tone of voice. You mean to, uh, incredulous is the right word. Mm -hmm. You mean to tell me that you achieved all these fabulous victories based on air sucking, pedal mashing? <laughs> you know, as, as if I was t talking about it in total amazement. I said, now you wait till you see what happens. When you learn air pushing, pedal finessing. Yeah, yeah. So in a sense, there are two parts. Not air sucking, pedal mashing, but air pushing, pedal finessing. And in my mind, the pedal finessing is the coup de torsion, the digital technique, the centrifugal pedaling technique. Yes, it's uh, the little bit I played with it, it's really been phenomenal to just change your whole way of thinking. And you can feel the bike kind of surge just a little bit when you start getting into that routine. Uh, right. So it, that, you know, that's the proof of the pudding to me right there. And then, of course, it takes an awful lot of practice to develop that neuromuscular technique so that you can maintain it for long periods of time because the brain, after a while, says, well, that was nice. Now let me go back into that rut that's very, very familiar that I don't have to think about quite so much. Right. And, and then the bike immediately starts to slow down a little bit. So so it's really neat playing with that and, and now figuring out how the breathing fits into it, just to give it a little a little added bonus, I would say. So. Right. And and by the way, the what you just is, just just described, Georgina, is exactly the way you should do it. That's why I call it breath play. In other words, you would play with the tout, coup de torchon as long it, as it was an interesting and rewarding exploration in the moment. And when the, the the unfamiliarity of the movement, the relative weakness of the the muscles, they're yes. not yet adapted. When it becomes difficult and, and and even perhaps unpleasant to try to keep it going, even though you're not really adapted to it yet, it's exactly what you should do. Just drop it. Yeah, you've yeah. got the old tried and true that you, you've <laughs> always been able to do. Just drop back into the tried and true, and then when you get curious, well, I want to get there again. That was. Uh, Such a cool feeling, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and 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 by the way, a, a wonderful um, uh, anecdote about this came from a call I had with Alain, perhaps um, a year, ten, ten months, a year ago or so. Um, we were we were talking, and he was speaking in great excitement. He's and he was saying that um, uh, c'est, c'est vraiment incroyable. It's really unbelievable. <laughs> says when I'm climbing now, it feels like I'm riding flat. Oh. <laughs> now you got to remember, this is not some kind of wide-eyed beginner. I remember when I was yeah. first kind of building bike skills, I was just kind of I, it seemed to me like I had breakthrough after breakthrough, and, and I was just thrilled um, to have things that now are kind of second nature. But when they first happened, I was always excited that I got a certain coordination working really well. Now, with Alain Miramont, he's one of the premier elite ultracyclists in Europe. He's no beginner. He's not naive at all about cycling. And, of course, he's scientifically trained because of his medical background as, as a dentist. So um, to, to me, it, it it's very impressive uh, that, that he will make a statement that dramatic. And and it, it, it didn't happen right away. Remember, this is, I, I was there in 2005, and we had this conversation um, probably sometime in 2007. So he had... Um, about a couple of years of practicing the coup de torsion behind him um, when he made that observation to me. And it, it's important to realize, living where he does, it's virtually, it's either climbing or descending. Yeah. Well, not not exactly. There, You can you go through some valleys and stuff like that. Uh, um, I, I, we, we rode a lot, and there were sections where you could just, you know, just ride along the, the, the side of the mountain and you're riding flat, but it's primarily climbing and descending, yeah. climbing and descending. And to be able to climb, uh, to be able to monter les collines, to climb the hills and have it feel like you're riding flat, that's startling. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think that's every cyclist's dream is to to reach that plateau. Uh, so so anything you can do that, that helps and, and the nice thing about this technique, Ian, is that everyone can apply it on every level, whether it's something just very mundane in terms of riding to something like riding in the Alps or the Pyrenees as you develop the technique right. more and more. So you don't have to be a, a super-duper rider to make use of this. The oh, everyday exactly. cyclist can use it at any time. Exactly. And um, I think I, I missed a thread that um, we, we began to look at when we were talking earlier, and that is... Um, Practicing the skills around the kind of 360-degree pedal circle, perhaps you could—you don't even have to have a bike trainer. You could just get on your bike and lean against the wall or hold on to a, a, um, a stop sign post or yeah. whatever you want to do and simply um, get the pedals at um, 12 and 6 up and down and just pull and, and just teach yourself what does it feel like to, to pull down um, not push down, but pull down. It's a subtle difference. Pull down the bottom pedal, pull up the top pedal, and then kind of advance the top pedal a little bit, maybe just four or five degrees and stop. And then again, pull along the line of the crank axle there, the, the top pedal or high pedal, and 
pull down and back with the back pedal and just slowly go around the 360 degrees, stopping every few degrees and just getting a sense of the, 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 these new sensations. How does it feel to have the muscles working in perfect opposition with the cranks at this angle and then the next mm-hmm. angle and then the next angle going around all the 360 degrees? It gives you an idea there is a lot of muscle adaptation that has to to occur before this becomes really powerfully integrated. But the beauty is, even at the lightest, most rudimentary level, something is beginning. Something really wonderful is beginning to emerge from from your pedaling practice. Well, William, this has been great. I think this is fantastic information for everybody. And, And just as a reminder... Uh, look in the information on our website for the link to the YouTube to see this in action. And and you should also visit Ian's website, which is just breathplay.com. www.breathplay.com. Yeah, you'll find an awful lot of information there about how these techniques, not only this one but others, will help cyclists improve their cycling. It's beautifully simple but beautifully powerful. So my, my helmet is off to you, Ian. You are well, thank a, you so much. a wonderful asset for many, many cyclists, and we sure do appreciate it. Well, I, I really have enjoyed uh, just discussing this idea, and um, uh, I encourage you to think at the beginning. I know that that you're early in the, the learning process. I want you to imagine where you're going to be a year from now if you have just continued to play with it. In other words, do it when it's interesting and engaging and yeah. let it go when it's not but it, but it, just imagine um what your riding will be like yeah a year from now when when like Alain Miramont you have strongly adapted to this particular skill it's great that's great uh, i'm looking forward to developing it a lot more cuz i'm certainly just a novice right now <laughs> so anyway well, um have have fun with it, and, and I really have enjoyed the opportunity to kind of shed some light on a new approach to an old skill. Thanks, Ian. I appreciate it. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs>